Welcome back to Love, Life, and Legacy, everybody, a podcast devoted, nay, dedicated, nay, committed to your sexual integrity to help you navigate these hypersexualized times of ours in order to create heavenly sexuality in your life. And today's episode is a doozy. You're going to want to sit down while you listen to it because you might just faint because it's that good. And I'm not just saying that because I'm just saying that. I'm saying it because I mean it from my corazón. So please enjoy this episode, which is about what you feed grows, what you starve dies, and one plus one equals three. Enjoy. Andrew Love in the house, and today's going to be a uniquey, a little uniquey one. Uh, I'm alone again. I'm, I'm I feel abandoned, kind of literally, because I'm on an island, right? And first of all, all the power just went off in my village, so there's that. I'm just recording straight into my computer, but also because Sammy can't join me again due to the fact that he had a baby. Totally successfully. By the time you're hearing this, that'll be common knowledge, but as of the time of this recording, he's got a brand new bundle, this delicious little baby boy that he's caring for and taking care of his wife. So please, please, just don't be too harsh with your criticisms, okay? The guy's got to take a day off every once in a while to make sure that his wife and new baby are okay. So he left me alone. And I can handle it, okay? I can handle this. I got this, guys. I wanted to today talk about something that I've talked about many times in the past. Probably if you're in our, in our world, you might have heard this talk if you've seen us live. Um, but it's a concept that um, is, is very important to understand and not easy to practice, but I, I encourage you to inculcate it. And if I'm, I'm remembering that word correctly, it's to implement it in your life. And if, if I'm totally way off base, probably because I haven't used the word inculcate ever. I feel like I've read it five times, remembered it deep in my subconscious, and just unearthed it for some reason right now. Now, this is the concept, okay? There's there's two. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blend concepts here. And one is... I clearly didn't make this one up, is what we feed grows and what we starve dies. Okay, that's like a bumper sticker. That's like an Instagram quote, if I've ever seen one. Very nice to scroll through and be like, yeah, that's true. And then you move on and then you look at you know, videos of people pruning hedges or jumping on a trampoline or whatever. Um, but how deep that is, you don't understand. You have no idea. Like, that is what we're trying to teach you in High Noon, is to become hyper-aware of the things that you want in your life and the things that you don't want, and you start to de-invest your time and energy from your bad habits and take that energy and reinvest it, double down in the habits and the skills and the thinking and the feeling that you actually do want. The problem with most people's situation is they've never even figured out what it is that they do or they don't want. That's why in the previous episode that I did by myself, all by myself, was all about the North Star goal. Essential to the North Star goal is figuring out what it is that you want. 
and you have like so many layers of of blockage preventing you from even thinking about what you want. We spend so much of our time investing in negative thoughts about ourselves, thinking oh, I'm not good enough, I'm not this, thinking about all the things in the world that we don't like, that we're scared about, the people that irk us, the politicians that lie to us. We invest so much energy in this that there's very limited resources at the end of the day or throughout the day to just spend on what do you want? Because in effect, that's where we should put 100% of our energy. It's good to be aware of what's going on in your world so that you can navigate, but don't give any of your energy and attention to negative thinking. Well, how's, that, how's that an investment? Okay, so what we feed, what do you want to feed in your mind and your heart? Okay, because the thoughts that you're feeding by thinking again and again and again produce very clear emotions. And those motions start to dictate what you expect. Okay, so if you are paranoid, and the, I really feel like the, the mainstream media has mastered occupying our time and energy with fear tactics because, you know, it's it's like a cliffhanger. Tune in next week to how you're going to die, right? So it's really good at putting us in a state of fear. And then we start thinking about all the many things that could go wrong. And then we start to feel afraid and nothing has even happened yet. Nothing has even happened. It's just the potential that something could happen gives us the fear that it almost has happened. So how much do you want to invest in fear? How much do you want to invest in doubting yourself, doubting others, in judging other people, in judging yourself? How much time do you want to invest in confusion? Think about that. Even just saying, I'm confused, I don't understand. I, you're investing in the state of confusion. Sounds crazy, right? But this is what we do. Conversely, what would be what would be the opposite of confusion? Clarity. If you're confused about something, just say, "Well, I don't fully understand this yet, but I will." And then redirect to, "Well, what's a viable solution? What's a way out of this present state that I'm in?" Every problem has a solution, absolutely. Okay? But when we invest in the problem in, oh, this is happening, oh, this is so bad, then the problem, we're feeding it, we're feeding it, we're feeding it, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then all of a sudden, the problem seems insurmountable because we've made it brick by brick, thought by thought, feeling by feeling, we've made a problem an insurmountable problem. But by the same logic, by the same chemicals by the same thought process, but just to the positive, we can take that wall down brick by brick and be totally free. So how do you do that? You invest your time and energy. You feed the power. First with, there has to be a solution. This is a really, really powerful thing, okay? When you're just like, I know there's got to be a solution, and I've, I've been through this many times. I'm sure you have too. Sometimes when you, you're in a situation where you feel things are hopeless and for some reason you snap out of it and you say, no, there's got to be a solution. That's the first step. 
And then you start investing in the possibility of what that solution might be. You're opening your mind up. You're opening your spirit up to new information. Because when you say there's a problem, then you're closed. Your heart is closed. Your mind is closed. Even if the solution is floating around your head, it has no place to land if you're closed to it. So how then do you open up? Well, you start to invest in the possibility of a solution. Solution, solution, solution. What's the solution? What's the solution? Who can I talk to? And the more that you start talking about the potential of a solution, then all these possibilities start coming out and they start to excite you. Okay? Now, I, I can remember a few very clear instances, such as, you know, when I was coming out here to Southeast Asia with my family, we went to the airport, we had everything ready to go, and I've told this story before, so I'm just going to give a very concise version. We went to the airport, and we were basically denied. We could not get on the plane. We lost our ticket. Then after that, for a week straight, all of my kids got sick two times each, and really high fevers, disaster. We had nothing. All of our money was invested in this trip that flew, literally flew away without us. And uh, it was pretty much dire straits. We were, we were in bad shape. And so I was really focusing that first week on the problem. And the more that I did, the angrier and more irritable I was. And I was creating more problems. I was creating this bigger and bigger wall of problems. Then I went back to my core roots, which are spirituality, the, the concept of, you know, God, love, the good things in life are limitless so long as we learn how to plug into them. So then it was like, well, what's the solution? And then within a week, I swear to you, the first week was pain and suffering. Then I reoriented myself to what is the solution? By two weeks after our flight had, you know, come and gone, after two weeks later, we were on a flight. We had been fully reimbursed through miracles. Like we lost that flight, but through some strange circumstances, we ended up getting the flight back. We, we everything worked out absolutely perfectly. All the kids got full health, everything perfect, good to go, boom. We ended up in paradise. We've been in paradise ever since. And that started because of the moment I realized, well, there's got to be a solution. And there was. There were many solutions. I just had to tap into them. So in terms of what do you feed and what do you starve? Well, let's talk about sexual integrity. First of all, are you, you know, stuck indefinitely? Are you destined to a life of struggling with pornography or some sexual sin? Many people deeply believe that they are. They believe, oh, I'm a slave because my ancestors, I'm a slave because that's how I was raised or that's just who I am. So automatically, you're closing yourself off from the possibility of solutions. And I know this sounds like self-help nonsense. There's a very practical way of implementing this. this. And that is first by thinking, what is a solution? <laughs> okay. If you think that's like too far out there, then I just need you to take a breath. Because if optimism is not an option, uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I hope to meet you one day and I'll give you a big old hug and, and we'll hopefully work this out. But optimism is a key ingredient. It's not the solution, but it's a key ingredient to making steps towards a solution. So first thing is, well, let's just say the possibility exists that you don't have to be stuck with porn anymore. 
then what would a solution be? What would you be occupying your time with that is so enriching, that is so emboldening that you would never even consider going back to porn? What if that possibility exists? Well, it does. Just in equal proportions to any other possibility that you're going to be destitute on the street. Anything is possible so long as you invest enough thought and emotion and time and energy in that thing. So how can you identify a list of beliefs that you have, a a list of parts of your reality that you would like to starve? Like, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm a loser. These are all just records playing in your head. I just said the word record, for the record, (laughs) which is... Yeah, okay, so what? I was born in the early 80s, there were records. My parents had Michael Jackson, Lionel Richie, they had some good ones, Fleetwood Mac. Anyway, it's a an MP3 on repeat, modern kids, okay? It's just this loop that's playing around and around. Flip it, play another song, a song that says, I can do and have and be anything I choose. And it sounds like hyperbole, but it starts with the decision to be like, well, what do I want? And start believing that you could have it. Okay. Second thing, second part of this. So what we feed grows, what we starve dies. So I'm asking you to create a list of all the things that you want to starve, all the ideas and emotions that you want to starve. And then conversely, all a list of things that you want to feed. Believe, regardless of whether you have evidence right this second You don't need evidence right now. You will produce evidence as you go. And that evidence will be feedback that creates a positive feedback loop that serves as motivation to keep on going down this journey of yours, okay? But you need to create a list of things that you want to invest in and feed. Thoughts like, I'm powerful. I'm a child of God with limitless power because of the very fact that I'm the child of the creator of all this, right? Amazing, empowering thoughts like that. So a list of things you want to starve, things you want to feed. Second part of this conversation is the idea that one plus one equals three. And I gave this talk a bunch of times. I love it. I love this talk. Um, I don't believe that any of the good talks, by the way, really come from me, so I don't take any credit. So when I say I love this talk, I'm not saying I'm, you know, going to hug myself for the rest of the day and just be arrogant. Come on, guys, I'm not arrogant. I do have that side, but that's not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about some bit of inspiration came to me, and I, I got it out as quickly as possible, and that served this talk, which is one plus one equals three. So when you are in a relationship, right? Say me, I'm in a relationship with my wife. I'm one person, she's one person. So how does this equal three? Well, the relationship is the third part of this equation. The relationship that I'm in with my wife, with my wife, is a living, breathing organism. And what I feed it grows it into something either beautiful or terrible, And so when you see people that are in toxic relationships, it's because they've been feeding the relationship toxins. What are relational toxins? Well, negative words, negative thoughts, negative feelings, distrust, judgment, scarcity, the idea of I only have so much love and I can't give you anything else, withholding. All of these things are 
not in and of themselves reason enough to just one time the person was withholding, therefore the relationship is over. But over time, the relationship becomes toxic because it is a living, breathing organism. And when something grows to a certain level of toxicity, it is bound to perish. It is bound to kill anybody contained within it. And that's how you can have depression. That's how you can have divorce. That's how you can have children that are all messed up. This is because the bubble that this relationship is in is toxic. So now with those two concepts, I want you to consider a few things. If you are single, I want you to consider what is this bubble? How, how healthy is the bubble, let's say, between you and your ideals? The person that you want to be and the person that you are. How is your relationship, this third component? When you think about the, the life that you want, does it bring you negative emotions? I know, I know I've, been, I've been in that situation many times when um, I feel so far away from the person that I want to be that when I think about you know, a happier time that like, I wish that um, you know, we, when we're not traveling, I wish we could be traveling, that traveling makes me feel sad, even though it's happy, it's a happy thing, the fact that I don't have it makes me sad, right? So how are you in terms of your relationship with your ideals? If you and our God, Heavenly Parent, were in a relationship, which you are, how healthy is the state of that relationship? Do you feed that relationship with positive energy, positive thoughts and feelings, or negative stuff? Really important things to consider, guys. If you are in a relationship with your parents, if you still have living parents on this earth, how is the oxygen within that relationship? How about your siblings? How about your sexual organs and sexuality? Let's call sexuality an entity. And you're, you, as you are one entity. Sexuality is one entity. How's the relationship there? Is it toxic? Is it filled with strange, weird, unwelcoming emotions? Or is it a welcoming, inviting place? And especially if you have a spouse and children, I mean, you have to constantly reevaluate how is the air within this relationship? How is the state of this entity? Because it changes all the time, right? With everything we're adding, we're either adding, you know, a lot to this relationship bubble and it's becoming this vibrant, beautiful entity. And when people come inside that bubble and they visit your home or they're around you, they feel inspired, they feel the presence of God, that's when you're taking care of each other. But let's say you're in the middle of, of a very difficult time, then when people are in your presence, they feel gross. They're like, get me out of here. So think about that, okay? I'm going to close this up soon. When people are in your presence, do they feel warm and welcomed? Do they feel like you're exuding good energy? If not, even if you're just neutral, I want you to think about that. How's the relationship between your mind and your heart? How's the relationship between you and your th thoughts and your feelings? And if you are, in fact, in a relationship, I really challenge you to constantly evaluate the state 
of that bubble that I'm talking about. And remember that what you feed grows, what you starve dies. That should be the most empowering thing in the world because it just means that you take energy from the negative and you start giving energy to the positive. It's not game over ever. Nothing is ever game over. Nothing is static in this entire universe except for our minds and our hearts. But that's something that we can change. It's only static by will. You can, doesn't matter. It's being proven again and again that you can be in your 70s and be very growthful. I, that's what inspires me so much about Uncle David. He's constantly growing. And Aunt Mitzway, they're constantly growing. Aunt Mitzway just adopted this mentality that every time we have a check-in during our meetings and we say, Aunt Mitzway, how are you? She says, I'm doing great. <laughs> and this is like a new thing. She's so positive all the time now. It's remarkable to, to behold. And Uncle David's I, you know, constantly being thrown all these different things with all of his efforts that he's making, you know, there's a lot of twists and turns in this this high noon providence. And I see him constantly taking the high road and growing and growing and growing. So age is not a factor. Not to say that they're, you know, the height of age. They're not old. They're just older. Just to say you can be in your 60s and 70s and still be growing, okay? Um, so that's not an excuse. So wherever you're at in life, please remember what you starve dies, what you feed grows, and that you're in a relationship with everything, with yourself, with your thoughts, with your emotions, with the people in your life, with God, with the spiritual realm. You're in a relationship with everything. So evaluate what do you need to starve and what do you need to feed in order to have the life of your dreams where you, the high noon life is where you're just radiating God's love because you have too much of it almost. You're overflowing it because you're just on fire for life because there's nothing holding you back. You cut all your chains. So if this sounds good, or if it sounds wonderful, or if it sounds perfect, then the first thing is to accept that it's not too good to be true. And that none of us in high noon embody perfection at all, but we're all so far beyond where we were when we started with high noon. And we're going to continue to grow. And if you want to join us on this train towards growth, towards joy, towards creating Channel Gook marriages and Channel Gook families, and to really experience the kingdom of heaven here, here on earth, even just glimpses here and there, and then we can expand those glimpses from a moment to several moments to an hour to a day to a week to a lifetime, right? It's It's got to start somewhere. You have to have be able to smell Channel gook before it's just like this pungent odor that permeates. It's, you got to sniff it a little bit. You got to just smell it. So I know I, I feel like I'm floating in outer space. So I'm going to end it here. But I hope you get these key concepts. The two concepts, what you feed grows, what you starve dies. Second concept, one plus one equals three. Combine those things and you now have the keys to limitless growth, limitless potential. And in the area of sexual integrity, our sexuality is also never static. Things are constantly changing. So we need to feed our sexual integrity, our heavenly sexuality constantly with new ideas, new revelations, new growth, new understanding, so that the entity of our sexuality is thriving. And that doesn't mean, I know Sammy would make some sort of phallic joke here. That's not what I'm talking about, Sammy, preemptively, I say. No, what I'm talking about is just your, that sexual energy your power, your connection to Heavenly Parent God in 
Respect to sexuality can be a thriving entity if you allow it to be. So thank you so much for listening. I'm going to end it here. It was a pleasure. I hope it helped you. God bless you. Hello, everybody. Andrew Love here for one last announcement, and that is I encourage you to join our newsletter. We don't spam people. We give you the goods. We give you good quality information once a week in your email. And so we send out newsletters probably Saturdays mid-morning on average. And these are filled with blogs, the latest content, everything you need to know in order to get through your week with high noon light. So let us light up your inbox. Join our newsletter by going to highnoon.org. It's all right there. It's super easy. We won't spam you. We just want to let you stay connected to this High Noon Providence. So go to highnoon.org and sign up for our newsletter.